Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, this is episode number 17, Rogue Table Talk. I'm one of your hosts, Chad Myers, and I'm here with your other host, Mike Sherman. Come on. Here we are. <laughs> Something really to okay, say. Jacob? Yeah, Jacob's adjusting the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. We're all mic good. adjustments right We're off the good. bat. Yes. Maybe I yell. I don't know. Right. So we are Rogue Table Talk number 17. We start with um, some part of the teaching on the weekend here at Calvary. And then we kind of go off in whatever direction we go. And, and, and it's all good. So we're in this Welcome Home series. And the idea being that home should be a place of rest uh, or we should invite people into a place of rest, or we should sort of be at a place of rest where we can uh, be welcoming and invitational. And that's that one of the things that keeps us from that place is busyness, rushing, doing, accomplishing, going, that we don't really have time for people. We don't have time for ourselves. We don't have time. We're just going, 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 going. And there's nothing that's welcome home about, about all of that. So first... Let's talk about, is that true about our culture? Why is our culture that way? What's going on with us in which that feels like life is too fast, too busy, too out of control, too whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, I tend to think about it in two spheres of life, the interior life and then kind of the exterior life. You can be, you can have a lot on your plate you can be doing a lot. You can have several different hats that you wear, you know, boss, leader, employee, mom, dad, friend, spouse, you know, all those hats. Um, and your interior life can match that, which I think is what you're getting. Like, why is it so important that we would be a settled people, mm -hmm. not, a, not a lazy people, mm -hmm. not a not work hard type of people, but that the interior places of our mind and mm -hmm. our hearts, um, even though we may be physically very busy or wear a lot of roles, that we're not, um, we're not necessarily speaking from anxiety, from fear. Like those are those are more at rest. Yes. So that to me, like what's what's the why is uh, what I hear. One of the things you're saying is this is so important for the people of God to develop an interior place of rest to be able to welcome others. Mm -hmm hospitality. So um, let's ask the question a different way or turn the question around. And what is it about us or our world or our culture mm -hmm. that gets in the way of being at rest mm -hmm. in our soul, being at peace, being at shalom? When you're not at rest, what's often going on or what can be going on? Yeah. Yeah. FOMO. Like constant comparison yeah. to other people's like social media highlight right. reels. Right. You and your spouse took this vacation right. or you were out with your friends and you're having a great time or you're this kind of parent or whatever. Right. So part of what we want to do in our culture is <clears throat> compare favorably with the nameless other people that are out there or maybe even the named other people that are out there yeah. that we're we're okay. We're doing good. We're doing fine. We're, uh, we're you know, our family is good because we have this home or this place or this whatever, or we're posting these pictures on social media. So that means we're not missing out 
on what life is supposed to be about. See, see, we're not missing out, right? right? See, here it is. Yeah. I'm good. You're good. We're all good. Uh, and there's something that feels exhausting about that whole, cause it never, it never goes away. It never ends. Well, right? It's insatiable. You, yeah. Insatiable. Yeah. Um, so that's part of our culture, FOMO. Um, and that, so what's underneath that maybe is the sense of, I have to, um, I have to look, I mean, I have to look good. I have to, uh, you have to think based on the outward expression of this life I'm living, that I'm living a good life. Yeah. Right. That's what, that's what we're saying. Right. <clears throat> that's, that's definitely what we're saying. It's a lot of image management. Yeah. That's, and, that's right. That's uh, and, right. Uh, and a lot, and in America images, everything. Yes. You know, that's even my own statement. image, right. right. Even my own image of in order feel, for me to feel good about myself, I have to at least be whatever posting at your level in social media or whatever that might be. Um, cause, cause winning is a virtue, mm -hmm. I think in the West winning is a virtue. success winning. And so I need to be winning whatever that is. Um, and so there's a pressure that I may put on myself that the culture may help to feed whatever it is. I have to be winning and I need to feel like I'm accomplishing something. So I'm going to, I'm going to present that image. Mm -hmm. and, and in order to present that image, I'm going to have to do a lot of stuff. Because we, I think, and, and I'm going to be critical of our own culture. Obviously, we can be critical of a lot of different things. But I don't think we, uh, we define a lot more of what humanity is by what we do here in the yeah. West. Yeah. And I think in other cultures, I've heard this from um, a German professor who moved here to America. He said that there's a lot more focus on being and what kind mm -hmm. of person you are, where he mm -hmm. came from, as opposed to what do you do? Right. Yeah, I think that's right. I think our culture leads us to build a life in which, or to live a life in which we seem to always be building a resume that we're like applying or applying for the job of successful person. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we, we, we're applying for a job of winner. Yeah. And so we're building our evidence that we are winners to ourselves or to other people. Cause I think it's interesting that we don't in our culture, we don't have a great <clears throat> common definition of what it looks like. Like what is, what is winning? What is this whole thing about? What does winning look like? Yeah. And so we will substitute all these other interventions that make us feel better or look better. Um, and you know, the fact that <laughs> we are the, like we're, all of our interventions, all the things that, that are supposed to help us win, like we're the most fitness devoted culture and the most obese culture at the same time. Well, that's crazy. Right? It's crazy. It really is. It's like, and it's that sort of like we're, we're, we are the most, um, sex obsessed culture and studies show that people are having sex less often right. now. It's true. It's like all the interventions actually are making things, it seems like, and our culture making things worse and mm -hmm. not better. Uh, that, you know, we're so money obsessed, but people have so much debt. We're mm -hmm. so, you know, we're so, um, uh, we're so image uh, obsessed that we, all the interventions to help me feel better about myself actually make me feel worse about myself. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cause it's just not, you can't, you just can't get there that way. You can't get home by that road. It doesn't mm. work. I mean, mm. if I have something done or I spend $500 on my haircut or, 
you know, whatever it might be at the end of the day, it just doesn't work. And then we end up feeling worse. And that's sort of the culture we live in. And in that culture, what am I even welcome you welcoming you to? Yeah. It makes me think of like, when you wake up, there's, if you're, you know, unchecked, you're in the game here of, I have to produce, I have to win. And my value is based on that. Mm -hmm. But at the, even if that's how you, you know, live your day at the end of the day, there's always going to be someone out there who's winning more. So you're going to feel terrible. So you're going to be exhausted and you're going to feel like you're losing. (laughs) So it's this vicious cycle. Let me throw this out at you. I read this the other day. Uh, and I wonder what you think of it. American dream used to be uh, kind of defined by you can get a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, some some people are saying like the younger generation is American dream defined as let's do a lot of stuff. Like, let's, let's have, have a lot, a lot of, experiences. of experiences. Right. Let's amass things so that we can have a larger house and cars. That may have been the previous kind of mm-hmm. buy-in. Feels like now it's moving to, which would have created a certain busyness. Yes. But now it's moving to let's have experiences or do more, which seems to me like maybe that also creates a certain type of busyness. Yeah, I mean, it's ironic. You say that. And last year, Nancy and I went to uh, a vacation together. We went to Utah. We flew into Salt Lake City and flew out of Vegas. And in between those two cities, we went to five national parks. Mm -hmm. And um, I hate it when people go off on different you know, generational things. So I won't mention the generations of the people involved. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but there's so many self, there people were so obsessed with recording their presence in this beautiful place huh. so that they could share, they could compete in the experience bazaar with their other friends by yeah. posting pictures yeah. that they weren't enjoying the place at all. It's like they weren't even there. It was almost like a backdrop for this. It was like getting the picture was the point of the thing. Um, Now that might be a slight overstatement, but it was pretty pronounced. But but at least it looks like a symptom of something. Yeah. Like it's not that I'm here and I'm experiencing this beautiful thing and having the experience, which wouldn't, you know, that would be a good thing. It's I need you to know I'm here. I need to record it. I need to be able to look back on me being here and show you that I was here. And it's the same, it's exactly the same sort of idea of accumulating things as before, because we're just comparing ourselves to other people yeah. in the experience bizarre. I, I'm just, honestly, I'm not saved enough to make a gracious comment about <laughs> those things. I'm really not. I, that pushes my buttons on 10 different levels and I'm not there yet, but I think it's, I think it, that's your point. It true. made me sad. It was yeah. like, Oh, this is so beautiful. Put the phone down and look, you know, mm-hmm. look at this. Mm. You can't even capture it on your phone anyway. And I, you know, it's tragic, but there are people who die every year in national parks taking selfies. It's a thing. Yeah. And it's because they want to, you know, they're outdoing one another yeah. in, in this, in this bazaar. And so to me, it's a sad thing, but all of that is saying the same sort of thing that all of our interventions for meaning or, or even for, um, rest or vacation or experience, unless we have something else behind it, it's not going to work. It's not going to go anywhere. 
Right. Well, I got tight. You, just you mentioning all the different layers, not going to the parks and hiking and, and doing those things. Uh, but I, I got tight hearing about now, how, how much unrest is it that I'm here and then I have to take a picture here and it has to be like this so I can post it there yeah. so I can like, just think of the mind, how busy right. the mind has to be now. Mm-hmm. And then I have to share it and then follow it on your likes and comments yep. or whatever right. else. Like, right. okay, you're adding right. so many layers. Yes. Yeah. It feels like unrest. Right. It does. And so I think that's the, so what, what does it mean? So we're going to look at, at the little episode from Jesus's life and Jesus obviously was not a passive do nothing person. Yeah, he's not a guru on the top of the mountain right. that says, come visit me. I'll right. tell you these great things. Yes, obviously not. And yet he could rest. And so it's Mark 1, 35 through 39, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. So let's talk about that passage. So what's going, what's, what's going on in that passage? What's happened before it? And what yeah. do we see here? Yeah. Um, so a little bit of, little bit of backup. Um, they tell you this when you do any type of Bible interpretation training. I think it's just so helpful. Anytime a context is king. Mm-hmm. Context is king. That's Con- right. For, for, meaning is context. Yeah. Context is meaning. Absolutely. And that's helpful for conversations. Mm-hmm. Context is king. Right. That's right. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, so Jesus has taught in the synagogue in Capernaum. And in that, in that teaching, people brought to him uh, those afflicted, demon possessed, and he did some healings and performed some exorcisms. Uh, and then he leaves and he goes to Simon's house. Mm-hmm. So Simon's house, Simon Peter in Capernaum, Simon has a brother named Andrew. And then he goes to his house and it says Simon's mother-in-law is six. So Simon's married, mm-hmm. his mother-in-law, they're all mm-hmm. in this, you know, kind of house together. And, uh, Jesus heals her. She's sick from a fever, heals her. Um, and then word spreads, people come crowd the house. And so he's taught. He's done some exorcisms, uh, says his fame spread. Now he's going over to Simon's house um, and everyone comes to crowd Mm -hmm. the door. And it says that he healed many who were afflicted and cast out many unclean spirits. And so the idea is he's working. It's happening. It's it's happening. happening He's working. He's um, accomplishing his mission. Um, And he's working late into the night or into the night. uh, As far as we know, it doesn't say. So to be fair. Mm -hmm. But then Mark one thirty five, very early in the morning, he gets up. So to me, there's this pause of, well, if you're going to get up, that means at one point in time you went to bed, stopped. which means at one point in time you stopped working. Mm-hmm. You ceased the healing and people went home. I you feel rested. like there's something so significant. Yeah, you rested. You yeah. rested. Yeah. And what... And then, and then he gets up in the morning, all still dark. He gets off and goes off to a solitary place where he prays. And so what, um, pushes back on us in our culture that would say, I mean, why don't you just, you know, why don't you just get up and go back to healing people? Why don't you just, the people, you know, they're not all healed. They're not, you know, 
which which is what happens in the next verse. Simon, where where did Jesus go? They get up. They're probably expecting more of the same. Mm-hmm. Probably a crowd is forming. It's it says when they found him, they exclaimed, "Everyone is looking for you." Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems to me like maybe one of their expectations is, well, here it is, here it's happening. This is why you came. Just stay here and build a successful something. Yeah. And he, he not only stops and rests, but he goes away to pray. And then he says, we got, we've got other places we have to go. Yeah. And, and Jesus is fascinating for a lot of different reasons, but one of the things that always fascinates me is it's so unexpected when he, in his ministry, it's like the opposite of what you would tell someone to build a successful ministry. Right. I mean, you've got this huge thing that started, (laughs) I mean, right. Word of mouth, everything's happening. Yeah. You know, you should stay there and build a building and, and whatever, make it happen. Yeah. And, and if you leave, what about the 15 people that didn't get didn't to get talk to you? They didn't, yeah, they didn't right. get healed and you right. got to go. And what are they going to think about you? Right. Like what's right. going to happen then? Yeah. They're disappointed. And right. I think the, the, the thing with Jesus rhythm is he engages, he withdraws, he engages, he withdraws. And there seems to be sometimes it's his own discernment factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here you have this cessation of work, which is what Sabbath means to cease work to cease what you're doing. And so he stops and he rests and then he gets up and he engages in prayer. Um, and we can talk about that in mm-hmm. a minute, but he gets up and engages in prayer and then everybody's looking for him like, okay, you need to do what we were. This yeah. is great. You and he says, no, I'm leaving. Right. <laughs> let's go do, let's do that elsewhere. Right. Okay, I got other things to do. Right. Yeah. I would say it's so it's in the opposite direction of what we were just talking about, where if he wanted to build a resume, make a name, whatever he would, I mean, the logical thing to do would be to stay there and build something big. Um, and he's got, that's not what he was here for. So he knew what winning looked like for him. He knew what mean the meaning was, he knew what his mission was and it wasn't that. Um, and I wonder if, for us, we lose track of, or we buy into the cultural expectation of what meaning is, what winning is, what our life is supposed to be about, and we just get distracted in Capernaum. Yeah, and it's, in that case, success is almost as deadly as failure. Maybe that's more a book so. title. P.S. Distracted in Capernaum. <laughs> distracted Whenever you Capernaum. write that, that's such a good. That's yeah. such a good phrase. <laughs> and I think that's where almost the more successful, the more I appear to be winning by cultural standings, the more of a snare it is mm-hmm. to keep me from doing whatever it is God is calling me to do. Yeah, uh, and I don't think that necessarily means outward success is bad. Um, it just, it's neutral. Um, but if it keeps you from being or doing what God's calling you to do, then, then obviously that's bad. Um, and Jesus here is not, you know, we talked about FOMO. He's not swayed by the crowds. He's not swayed by, um, what bad thing will happen or what people will say or what people, whatever, if I leave, um, he's certain about what he's up to and what he's supposed to be doing. And I think, when we are there, then we can be at rest in a purposeful way that I think I, 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 I have, I can recognize it cause I've gotten to that place, but I'm not usually at that place because mm-hmm. in our culture, everything conspires to keep you from this place of meaningful, purposeful, productive, fruitful living 
that in missional that involves also periods of actual rest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's true. Everything conspires against you. That's why for me, when he gets up and he goes away, um, I conspire against myself. I wonder if, I, we don't know, speculation, when he goes away, is it, does he get perspective mm-hmm. on, okay, well, now it's time to move. Mm-hmm. I'm going and I'm praying, I'm thinking, I'm reflecting. Is he praying about what What do you want me to do next? Father? Right, is right. he, I ask for direction and wisdom. Yeah. But for me, like just the fact that he pauses and he sleeps and then he, you know, another type of pause, he goes and he prays, mm-hmm. which for me, it can, you get those guilt feelings, yeah. especially in yeah. the, you know, we got to be doing something and accomplishing something and I can't waste any time. Well, prayer, meditation, journaling, contemplation, self-reflection, reading the scriptures, reading spiritually, uh, that can really feel like a waste of time. Yeah, I think at the root, why we don't do those practices as much as we do is because we tell ourselves, I don't have time to do that because mm-hmm. I got a, I got a list. I got a million things. I got, you don't understand that whatever, whatever, whatever. I got a meeting at nine. I got a whatever. And all of that might you know be true, but I think Jesus understood that who he was and being filled and controlled and a conduit of the spirit was the only reason he, it was the only way in which he had anything productive to do anyway. And I think we can kind of forget that and kind of get into the rhythm of, of doing. So what, um, let let me, let me, I'm going to come back to the the spiritual practices question. Um, what is, what is, do we, do we really rest? So what does rest look like? And what do we do instead of resting? Mm -hmm. Because I think one of the questions we have, am I really resting or am I just checking out and numbing, drowning out all the noise by other noise that, you know, the movie I want to watch or the social media or whatever it is, that is that really rest? And what is, you know, what does rest look like? Like we're exhausted, but we have to take a sleeping pill. It's the same sort of thing where all our interventions seem to be not working and going yeah. to come. So what, how do we rest and what is that? How is that different from just numbing the noise or crowding out the noise? I think you named it. And I think for me, whenever we, so real quick, Sabbath, Genesis one, you know, the Sabbath rest, um, God doesn't need to rest. He doesn't run out of resources or energy. He doesn't but, get tired. He doesn't get tired, right. but he rests um, as a template for, humanity to reflect him mm-hmm. that life isn't only about doing um it, it that is included um and then for his people when they get rescued from egypt uh they're to take a break they're to rest um to remember mm-hmm. uh, the sabbath so mm-hmm. that hey god rescued us from slavery mm-hmm. from this labor um and so all of this this christian back into judaism the idea that humanity has limitations that humanity's finite and to transgress those boundaries is actually a thing to push against the created order. Mm-hmm. It's a thing of arrogance mm-hmm. uh, to say it is. We to, actually can't keep going. We can't nonstop. keep doing that. Yeah. And so uh, when we, but here's my challenge. When we talk about Sabbath, we usually get one side of the coin and, and the, the side of the coin is this, like we need sacred rhythms. You need to rest. You need to stop. You need to pull back. You need to take a pause. You need to turn off. 
It's so true. It's true. But the other side of that is the definition of rest is not just, I need to stop something. Definition of rest is I need to engage in things wholeheartedly. I need to engage in things uh, with my full self so that I'm fully present, giving myself to work, mission, play, mm-hmm. whatever. Right. And if I can, if I can do that, um, then I can probably rest well. But if I'm living uh, to distract myself, if I'm living on the surface of life, if I'm living numb uh, in mission, mm-hmm. just in what I think mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be doing in this world, mm-hmm. then rest probably won't be fulfilling. And I think you said it, we define rest, if we define it at all in the culture, we define it as checking out. I just need some rest. And what we mean is I'm going to go watch a movie, watch mm-hmm. TV, which those things aren't bad. We jump off the merry-go-round yeah. of life. Yeah. But we do it to check out or yeah. to numb ourselves. Right. Yeah. And then we probably don't actually get rest. And then rest is not satisfying. Yeah. we don't actually, we're not rested. Um, and I do think that's, is so countercultural to engage in meaningful activities that help us be rested and connected to God and to um, who he made us to be that I think unless we are trying and planning and scheduling that in my view, in our culture, we're probably not doing it because mm. I don't think it's going to come natural to most people. Say, say more about that unless we're intentional about yeah. it. Cause that's the, that's the paradox for me, right? You have to be intentional about rest, but you also have to be intentional about pursuing wholehearted things that are restful, like doing life from a restful position. Yeah. So like one, I, I mean, it probably means a lot of things. One thing that, so I started doing this a few years ago is to pray the Lord's prayer slowly every morning uh, and sort of contemplate maybe, um, you know, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So is, is there some injustice about that? Is there some that, you know, that I'm, I'm lamenting the injustice and longing for the day where God makes it right. I'm longing for him. It's a recognition that things are going to be broken. And it's in, and then also I've started to read part of the Sermon on the Mount, um, maybe the same part of it every day for a week. Now, everything in me pushes back against that rhythm because I'm not accomplishing anything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one prayer over and over again, there's lots of great prayers. I should probably buy a whole book of prayers and memorize the, you know, the book of prayers. And I've done some of those things, <laughs> but it's this, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I should read the whole book and I should write a Bible study and I should, and I should read all the New Testament. I, and we, we can turn our contemplative life into a series, a checklist of accomplishments and we're not resting. Yeah, that's we're not so even, good. God's not Am speaking. I winning at Am contemplation? I winning at, <laughs> am I accomplishing my devotional life? I got to do more. Yes. All right. I got to do more. And rather than, is this thing connecting me to God? Is it making me more like him? Is it uh, giving me peace? Uh, is it causing me to reflect? And if not, I'm probably just checking a box because yeah. we just live in that check in the box culture. We, I mean, I have boxes to check all day. Literally, I make lists yeah. <laughs> with I, a I mean, box with a box in it. And I check like it. the box and the checking. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's 
And there's nothing in a sense wrong with that. It's just when we extend that until we make all of life yeah. box checking. And that's the same sort of thing. Like when I come to church, so what does worship look like to me? Am I, is, am I ready to worship? Am I engaged? Am I thinking about the words? Am I If I'm waiting for God to move, is there something that I expect to happen mm -hmm. here? Mm -hmm. Because you can go 27 weeks in a row and not have that mindset. And you're in a sense, you can check your box all the way through your Christian life. And yeah. I do, I think we can do it in all sorts of ways. And I do think our culture and maybe just human nature pushes against, you know, ceasing the activity, going to bed, getting up early in the morning and going into a solitary place and pray yeah. that we just, there's nothing in us that causes us to want to do that. Yeah. Like, it's just like, it seems like wasted opportunity, wasted opportunity cost you know, wasting time. Mm. Right. Yeah. That's There's another good book title. So what was the first one lost in Capernaum or stuck or something? <laughs> that got it. I am terrible. I remember <laughs> what do you guys Distracted get in Capernaum. Distracted yeah. in Capernaum. There's not like wasting time with God. Yeah. Like yeah. that's what it's going to feel like, yeah. but you, we probably need, we need to waste time with God. We need Whatever to have unagended time. Unagenda. Yeah. That's, for example, me and my wife went out last night, nine o'clock, got some ice cream and we sat in the parking lot at eight and there was no, no rush, mm -hmm. no agenda. Mm -hmm. Like we just sat and talked mm -hmm. and you could sense, oh, we're, it was, this is a pl place of rest. We're not right. like, oh, I got to get just home. just being with each other right now. Yeah. Maybe we got 30 minutes and I can get my show on and then mm -hmm. da, 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 da. Um, and so, yeah, can we waste time with God? Uh, for me, that's, you know, some of my favorite authors like the Brendan Mannings of the world are always inviting you to this counterproductive, counterintuitive places. Yeah. Like those are probably the places where spiritual growth really happens. It's um, organic, it's secretive, it's in solitude. Mm -hmm. And I would argue like the, one of the most important reasons to press pause and to get away. And when we say time with God, what we're saying is like, let God show you himself. Let God show you, you mm -hmm. like, the person that lives and their devotions say are a checklist. Oh, I read my chapter or mm -hmm. I read right. my this. Right. We're probably not getting to the heartbeat of it because yeah. it's supposed to connect with who we are intersecting with who God is. It's right. the old Calvin's Institutes, like self-knowledge leads to God's knowledge. God mm -hmm. knowledge leads to self-knowledge. Both are integral for spiritual growth. Yeah. Right. And when we don't pause, we, have n we, we, we really don't have the ability to self-reflect. Mm -hmm. You know, am I growing to be loving? Am I growing to be patient? Am I less anxious? Mm -hmm. And maybe we don't pause so that we can avoid self-reflection. Oh, come on. Right? Because I don't want to look in that mirror. No, sir. Um, now, say something else that has struck me, you know, as we were talking about this before, and you, you, you were uh, bringing some articles uh, forward and talking about busyness, that the senses were busier than ever. But mm. the reality is when you study it, we're not busier than we were 50 or hundred years ago. Yeah. And that's what both of these really reputable is a BBC. And then another article we looked at was that's definitely feels like people are saying it all the time. Right. We're more busy we're and overwhelmed we're overwhelmed. With stuff, stuff. And, we're, and you think about it. And I, I, as soon as I said that, I'm sure some people kind of mentally pushed back cause I kind of did it as well. But, um, one of the things my wife read through some diaries from her grandmother 
And they were busy all day long. Yeah. Partly because they didn't have automatic everything. And if you go back even farther, I mean, you're, you're milking the cows, you're getting mm-hmm. the eggs from the chicken before you make breakfast, mm-hmm. you're cleaning, you know, you're washing the clothes by hand, you're farming by hand, you're whatever, whatever. And so in literally doing those, accomplishing those things well means that you eat mm-hmm. and you live through the winter. And in that context, not working on Sunday is an act of faith mm. that I have to trust that uh, I'm alive because God is keeping me alive. I love it. And I work six days, but you know, I know it's supposed to rain tomorrow and tomorrow's, you know, tomorrow's Monday, today's Sunday, today's a great day and the crops are ready to come in, but I'm not going to get them mm-hmm. because it's the Sabbath mm-hmm. and it's an act of faith. And I actually think one of the reasons we don't like the rest is we don't have enough faith that God's going to make it okay. I, I think you nailed it uh, to use the same kind of synonymous word is it's trust. Mm-hmm. The reason I don't, the reason I'm so busy physically and the reason I'm probably don't have an internal posture of rest is I struggle with trust. Yeah. Will God provide? Is it going to be okay? Is if it I okay? Yeah. And am I so important that I have to do all this stuff or it's just going to fall apart? Like the world depends on me. God's mission depends on me. And those things are just not true to the degree that we usually place on ourselves. Well, I think it's, it's, it sounds like, hey, we're letting ourselves off the hook um, where, you know, hey, just rest. Everything will be fine. But in a sense, unless we're willing to rest, we're not in a place where God works in us so that everything will be fine in the way he wants to see it. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of that. Uh, it's Matthew 11. 28 and 29, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So there's no, God doesn't want us to live without a yoke or without a burden. Mm-hmm. It's so we got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. But if it's his yoke and it's his burden, then we can have rest. And if it's ours, then we become weary and burdened. Yeah. Right. And that's, I think, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I think, man, that's just us. Yeah. And right. That's just yeah. our culture. That's our society. We feel weary and burdened. And Jesus says, I will give you rest. Um, that's quite a promise. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure functionally if we believe it. Yeah. Or are willing to okay, Jesus, I need you to give me a rest here. You know, and what am I willing to do to cultivate that time of rest? Because you, you know, as we've said, you look at Jesus's life, he was busy, as active as anybody, right? He's doing and going and healing. You look at Paul and you look at Peter and obviously the world was changed through their life. And yet it was, you know, Christ's burden, Christ's yoke. It wasn't heavy. It wasn't burdensome. Mm -hmm and they could rest. And I think we're busy all the time and we just, because it's my burden, mm-hmm. I can't put it down. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think we struggle to let go, which is a form of trust. Mm-hmm. And then we struggle to be really intentional with just practically our weekly calendar. Yes. And if we aren't intentional, what we around here, and I, you might've coined it, I don't know, the whirlwind of the ministry. Whirlwind, yeah. the wor- and, and Jesus had the whirlwind sure. of that too. Right. And that's when, you know, he, he says things like, well, you'll always have the poor around. Right. 
Like that's the whirlwind. You'll always have some need presented in front of you. And, and it doesn't I'm not mean talking the poor about or poor. unimportant. It doesn't right. mean caring for the poor is unimportant. Right. It just means that um, he had to do, he had to fulfill his mission so that we all poor and rich could be redeemed. Yeah. And it wasn't his job to stay and minister to every poor person. And so the question, so he didn't take upon a burden that, right. that, I mean, but, and do we do that? Do we take upon a burden that we really aren't called to fulfill? Yeah. And, and what do our schedules reflect about right. our beliefs? Do yeah. we really believe God loves us? He's a good provider. Do mm-hmm. we really believe he's a creator God in right. control? And right. I don't know. I, if we look at my schedule, it's like, no, I, I'm important. I got to make it happen and I need to feel important. So I need to be busy. Yep. Right. Yes. Do I have to go to this meeting? Um, can I trust this team to do it? Or do I have to feel like, no, if I'm not there, the whole thing's going to go downhill. Right. And I think that's part of, well, if I'm in the second camp, which in a way in the moment feels good in the long run, it's crushing. Yeah. Cause I never can let go of anything. It was the wrong place for significance. Right. That's right. It's the wrong place for significance. And so, um, and all of this, again, getting back to our theme, I can't be a person I can't offer rest and a welcoming presence to you if I'm not, if I'm never at rest. And I think that's the place we live all the time. And it's like, it's a badge of honor. It's, you know, to not be doing something almost feels shameful yeah. or right. And, um, can I really get to that place where, uh, I, there's a, I'm a peace. I'm a person of peace. It's one of the fruits of the spirit. So we should have that, growing in us and I can offer peace to you and then I can really be welcoming. And if not, yeah, yeah, you know, sorry, man. I got nothing for you. Right. Absolutely. I'm not going to see you as we've talked about a couple of times. Right. Uh, I got my own, I got too much. I got my own stuff and I don't even want to get into it with you because it's exhausting just to go down the list of all the whatever, whatever. And so that we say fine. And and that's where often where we are. I, I feel like it's the um, common Bible passage of the Mary and Martha. Yeah. And like, that's yeah. the question. If we're yeah. going to invite right. people right. into our physical right. home, our heart home, our church home, are we anxious about getting all this stuff done for God? Or are we okay living with God, mm-hmm. inviting you into those places right. as well? Right. And Jesus says, Mary makes the better choice. Right. And probably right. Right, it's Jesus. He probably probably gets it right. <laughs> it's a few things. Well, yeah, he does that well. Um, okay, so this has been uh, a super fun, I think, for yeah. for us and and hopefully for you. And and keep um, keep interacting. We had some some comments on and Facebook, and that's fun to, yeah, that to interact great. with people. And you know, we like to hear from people uh, or ask questions. And in fact, next week we're going to be talking about home is a place where questions are okay right and we're going to talk about questions and is that right we are Uh, my phone just beeped so sorry sorry. i thought i had airplane mode that thing (laughs) i'm busy i'm in demand don't rest (laughs) the rest is over um and so that's something that we'll uh talk about next yeah uh, i'll I'll promo it i think you're hinting at it maybe i'd like me and mike are going to be doing the talk here at midrivers on questions right and so it's going to it's going to be a almost little, a podcast. Little rogue, a little yeah, rogue feel. It's almost a rogue take of a podcast. Yeah. First. We'll talk about addressing questions in general, our stance towards questions, and 
and, and what's a healthy way to do that and then just what are maybe some questions that, that we probably should be thinking about that our world might ask and, and so on so yeah should be uh, great it should be great we should haven't be. put it together but it'll be awesome uh, and so until then um, love you all have a great week Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.